We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country throughout Australia from which we conduct our podcast. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today, I'm joined with Joel from LAB. Hello, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so you're in Melbourne at the moment. Where are you going? Where to next? Are you just en route to Blues Fest right now? Yeah, we we uh, we're here for another day. Um, tomorrow, we head up to we fly to Gold Coast and then drive to Brizzy. Uh, sorry, drive to Byron. And then stay there for a couple of days uh, leading into Blues Fest, which we play on Friday night. Hell yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, can't wait. Been a long time coming. Got Definitely, yeah. There's, there seems to be a really cool hype about Blues Fest, you know, like so many people I've talked to, it's like, man, it's a bucket list gig, you know, um, even just to attend, let alone play it. So I'm really excited to play. Yeah, it's got a great lineup this year as well. There's a fair few New Zealand acts on there. As well, which is cool. Yeah, I think um, Crowded House Six Sixty, um, Stan Walker's playing. Yeah, there's, we're, we're playing after Stan Walker and before Six Sixty, so a good oh, little time slot. Lovely. Yeah, that's yeah. like Fat Freddy's are playing too. I think. Oh yes, the drop. You can't can't forget the drop. Yeah, can't forget the drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I'll just quickly get you to introduce the other members of the band as well and like what they do um just yeah cool yeah so um lab's uh, a five-piece band uh consists of uh, myself on vocals guitar uh stew quarter on keys and guitar and vocals um Miharu gregory plays keys and sings uh adam stamati is the bass player and Brad Quarter is the drummer and producer, main songwriter, um, absolute genius, absolute legend. Um, so yeah, the band is currently on tour in Australia, which is we're just loving it, man. It's so good to be over the ditch, you know. It's been three years basically since since we've been able to play anywhere um, outside of New Zealand. So, um, and we've also brought over our backing vocalists, which, which we tour with on the road which is um, Sheree Matheson and Lisa Tomlins. Sick. It's such a nice, mm. be such a nice time to tour for yourselves as well. I feel like the last three years have been like a really, really big years for you guys. So like it's probably been, you know, has it been a kind of a surprising um, tour or like audience vibe um, coming into Australia? Absolutely. It's uh, every time we tour Australia, I mean, we've, we've been here maybe four times now. Um, the first time was in 2016 and every year it's kind of built up and um, obviously having two years with not being able to play here, 2020 and 2021, um, the hype's just been unbelievable. The, the, the show in Melbourne was just electric. It was, I just had to say boo on the mic and everyone just jumped. It was, it was just yeah. you know, it, it was just amazing. And I think it's, Kiwi's just a bit homesick and obviously it, also the band in that time in the last you know two to three years that we we haven't been here since uh, october 2019 so the band's done so much in that time we've 
played um, some of the biggest shows of our careers in, in that time and sold out, you know, 18,000 people in Auckland and done some pretty cool things. So the last time we were in, in Melbourne, we were playing in front of 400 people, you know. Yeah, wow. Um, now we're playing in front of 3,000. So it's just epic, man. Yeah, yeah that's unreal. Um, going back, where did you guys all um, – meet and like decide to form this band yeah so we're all based uh from the uh the north island in new zealand called a uh, place called the bay of plenty uh on the east coast which is a really beachy kind of place uh, the boys uh, brad and Stu quarter the quarter family they're all from Fakatani, which is like uh just a bit further away from where myself and Ada are from which is a place called papamoa um and then me huddles from the capital and me huddles a city boy <laughs> he's um he's from wellington so um but the band kind of started um 2016 basically 2015 2016 brad uh had left a band uh that he had with his brothers called quarter who have done very well still uh exists today as well um uh, they're an incredible band um was made up of four brothers at the time and uh, had massive success in New Zealand and, and did really well uh, overseas as well. And um, Brad kind of kind of disbanded a little bit, and Brad left and and started LAB. Um, he found found me singing on Good Morning Show, which is on seven o'clock in the morning in New Zealand Channel One, uh, singing with this band uh, called Batukata Sound Machine. And he sent me a message like two days later, and or the day of, I can't remember exactly, but. I uh, said, hey, man, love your voice. Would you be keen to have a jam? And I knew who he was because I knew of the band Quarter. Um, I was like, holy shit, Brad Quarter just messaged me asking me to have a jam. That's pretty cool. So obviously I said yes. And, um, yeah, one thing led to another. And uh, we just grinded, man. We just found the, you know, found the team and, and, and worked hard. And uh, we had, you know, we were all hungry. We still are. Yeah. At the time, we were just, I was ready for a shift musically and wanted to be more creative as a musician. And and that was the opportunity that was uh, was presented. So, yeah, super grateful, super thankful that, that um, the phone rung. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Yeah. What a lovely series of events. Yeah. That's the short story, but that's that's kind of the gist of it. Um, that's sick. Yeah. Cool. And so you've recently released a new track, Real Ones. Um, what What is this track about? How did the collaboration with Kings come to be? So it's the first time LAB's collaborated on on like a level with another artist. So um, it was quite cool. Uh, Kings came in with the basically with the the meat and potatoes of the tune, and we kind of just added the LAB kind of isms to it if that makes sense so it's basically a, a king's track featuring lab more than an lab track featuring kings but right. um and yeah there's been some really cool remixes come out of it uh of the l- last couple of weeks i think so um now i can't even keep track eh? straight up there's <laughs> stuff getting released left right and center i'm like oh and then we've got a gig and then oh we're gonna get to the airport i'm just trying to keep yeah. up with everything but um yeah no the real ones is, is really cool it's a real different sound for lab you know it was Definitely um, not our usual kind of sound that we have from our you know first uh, like first second and third albums. So we always every album we try and 
add some kind of new genre or branch out a bit on a style and for uh, album five it was you know hip-hop with uh, and rap i suppose with um with the king's track and there's also a country track on that album which we've dabbled in a bit of country music before but we thought i'll oh, we'll give it a, a decent crack this time yeah. and that song's done really well so nice is there a specific genre that you liked tapping into a little bit more yeah for me it's definitely the country thing i was brought up uh my dad was a country singer and, and guitarist so I, I had a I, had, I suppose it's in me somewhere you know so uh, it was cool to kind of channel that i i mainly put like I was brought up more playing blues and 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 rock, you know, mm. covers bands playing in pubs and stuff like that. So it had a pretty broad range of styles, but um, yeah, country was always something I, I was right into. So sick. And so yeah. you mentioned um, album five. So you've released five albums in five years. Is this a train that you want to keep riding on? A new album every year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if we can keep it up. To be quite honest, it's um, it's a lot of time away. You know, we we um, I feel like the next two years will, will definitely change the mold a little bit. Mm. Um, we 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 kind of want to keep it not just ourselves on our toes, but keep the audience on their toes as well. So, um, and the fans. So, um, I think this year the plan is to you know. Obviously, we're just focusing on the tour at the moment and getting, um, you know, building the building the band up overseas and stuff like that. That's a definitely a big focus over the next two years, um, and having the body of work that we've kind of done over the last five years to fuel that, and then just keep chipping away at. You know, we'll be going into the studio in the next uh, two months to start something, right. um, whether that be singles or an EP or who knows if it's an album. You know. That's the thing, like, when the band tours, you get that chemistry that, you, you know, only touring gets you. you, you when, yeah. when you're on the road, you just you just grow together and then you go into the studio and you just something will come out. So um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know something will happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a lot. Like, it's very impressive to have been around for around pretty much five years or six years and have released five albums like that's insane and then albums take a lot of work as well so it's yeah cool to see that like and you're also going into touring and stuff you have five albums worth of things to tour as well which is right yeah we always kind of i mean and that's the thing with like brad and and uh stew from quarter and other our bass player used to play with a band called catch a fire um so the boys have all kind of you know, semi been there, done that. Mm. They kind of know the the game of it. And one thing I never forget Brad saying at the start is, is we need a we need content, we need music, we need to write hard, just keep writing, 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 and make that the focus. And you know, obviously, it's a balance between touring and studio. But um, you know, we were focusing so hard on studio um, and songwriting at this. Uh, we still do, but you know last year and the year before was was just intense you know we're like we'll do three albums three years that was the goal and then it was just like right now it's five and five so the train just keep moving you know um but yeah it's definitely something you can't keep up on you know forever so i I think a sixth album will be probably the end of 2023 is my my prediction nice and in terms of like the whole 
concept behind albums, do you feel very strongly about putting an album out there as a body of work um, as opposed to kind of what's been happening more so often as like singles and like or an EP rather than yeah. the release of an album? How do you feel about kind of the sense of putting an album out? Yeah, I think with albums it's um... – We've we've always we're all quite old school in, in regards to what we listen to and and how we feel about music and and we're all brought up listening to you know ACDC and Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Bill Withers like and then the other spectrum like Bill Withers and Earth Wind and Fire Michael Jackson like you know the list goes on but all of those bands released albums and they focused on a body of work Pink Floyd is another example but. Um, so the whole kind of conceptual idea of, you know, this is what comes out this year because this is what we were feeling instead of like just single, single, singles. We've never really been a singles band, but then obviously with the success of some of the songs, it's you're nearly forced into that kind of, kind of just happens. You can't, you know, you can't control it. So, um, yeah, I, I think deep down we, we're an album band. We've always strived on that. Um, so even if we just release singles this year, it'll be a part of an album. Yeah, I think that's really nice as well, that kind of idea of um, your audience almost picks your single. Um, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's and kind it's of like that is the true idea of a single, that like it's the hit track rather than that's right. forcing the hit track to be a thing. It's very interesting how that kind of I mean, we, we see all the back-end stuff on Spotify and, and how it all works, you know, and literally – you can sit there in the studio and be like, right, we're going to hang it today, you know, and it's like, this doesn't work like that. Mm. It kind of works like that on a real pop level, but when, it, you know, when a band writes a magic song, it's like, it's a fully a moment. You can't, it's, it's, you can plant ideas, you can do all that, you can try and force it out, but it's, I'd, I'd nearly say it's impossible. You've, you've literally got to be there in the moment, be present, and that's, where the best work of, of, of us, like best songs of LAB is it's come out of moments like that. Yeah. Where it's just five guys in a room jamming, you know, creating ideas, throwing stuff against the wall and then something sticks and it's just, then it's all go. You're yeah. on all stations to go. Yeah. And in terms of your fifth album released last year, um, Tell me a little bit about this album, what it means to you guys as a band, kind of what it was like putting an album out during a pandemic compared mm. to releasing your other albums. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, album four and album five were basically pandemic albums. <laughs> so um, it was interesting, you know, like we came out of uh, 2020 summer so like march 2020 and we just released the third album at the end of 2019 and in the air kind of took off which is the song that's that's our number one kind of hit um and that took off right at the start of a pandemic and it was just out of it sitting in a room isolating watching a song absolutely fucking start killing it and you're like and we can't even tour it's like <laughs> what is happening um so i think that fueled us to be you know, that was the third album. We are like, let's go and do another. Let's just keep recording. We can't tour, so we might as well jump in the studio. Um, so I think, you know, yeah, recording in a pandemic, it's, it's, it's out of it because 
you're usually relying on the fuel of touring and playing live and, and that gives you creative energy to go in the studio. So we didn't have any of that. So you had to kind of just trust that, you know, yeah, trust the process, I guess. Um, but yeah, recording album five was, was cool. Like we wanted to try different things like with the, the Kings collaboration. Um, and I think, you know, the band really started to find their sound, you know, we, we started to really click as a, as a collective and that third album, you know, the, the sound of the album, the sonicness of the album. Um, there's just something about it. And we tried to take that idea and push it into the album for pulling new elements like strings and, and horns. And, you know, um, that's where I think LAB's consistently remolding or, you know, evolving. Um, we kind of, we never put a limit on what we, you know, next album, we might have a choir. I mean, who knows? Just to, you're just always trying to push the boundaries, you know, um, and and creatively, yeah, keep yourself fresh. So I think album five is a great kind of representation of what, you know, the country song, for example. I mean, the next the next album might have more country on it because it's just how well it's going when we play it live. You know, playing that song live for the first time in Melbourne the other night, and people are loving it. They just it's like, and we're loving it. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Awesome. How has it felt playing in the air now coming out of that back end of the pandemic and being able to properly play that live now for people? Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, obviously we've, we've played it a lot in New Zealand and we played it for the first time in Sydney and Melbourne. For, that's the first time they've heard it live, you know. And it's a buzz. I always say it just before we start it. It's our last song of the set and then everyone knows what's coming, you know, yeah. that bass line. The baseline drops and it's fucking. You see, you're at an EDM concert. I just like, what? yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's such a tune. It's just. It's also such a. I think, in a way, it's a really nice song to have. Kind of had blow up during a pandemic. I feel like it's a very good vibe song that, like, yeah, like you know, listening to that during a pandemic, kind of, it's a bit of an uplift. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Be a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of like influences, you mentioned a few kind of of your own personal influences. Do you all kind of pan out and then come back together with similar interests? How does it all? What are all your separate little genre? Yeah, there's there's definitely lots of flavors in the band. I think um, we all meet in the middle, of course, but. Um, kind of adds you know adds flair having that the, all of us not being into one style we're kind of like i'm right into the blues kind of american soul blues thing um and then like utter is right into r&b um and 90s hip-hop like he's just a massive hip-hop fiend and he's an incredible bass player you know he's an incredible reggae bass player um and he's you know right deep into that then you got brad and stew who man what don't they listen to to be quite honest um, i remember driving in the car like when i first met brad we did this big trip down to wellington and he just started playing his playlist of what he listens to and he put on this like out of it as japanese shit and i was like yeah. the fuck is this man like it was just loose and he's like yeah bro i'm like right into this stuff you know so it's you've got that quirky kind of artistry from brad which um adds so much charisma to the sound of the band you know yeah um 
and Stu's a massive metalhead. Stu loves listening to. Um, they used to have a band called the Heavy Metal Ninjas, um, and they used to Cora when they were massive in New Zealand. They used to open for themselves, but they dress up in band in bandanas and massive things and just play instrumental heavy metal. No way, like, like, that's so good. Yeah, it's fucking next level, man. And check it out on on YouTube. Type type in heavy metal ninjas. Oh my buzz God. Out. And Richie, our sound guy, who uh, for LAB is an incredible metal guitarist. Um, he's yeah, he kind of ran that band. He still still has the band, but he, he doesn't do much touring at the moment. But um, so yeah, you know, there's 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 all sorts of flavors. Hence why the band can you know push to the metal stuff, or we can go deep reggae. I think we all definitely connect on the reggae soul kind of R and B roots side more than you know the metal kind of those little flares of like blues and metal and stuff like that they they come in those flavors but then you get songs like in the air which um yeah you can hear others influence you can hear my influence in there you can hear brad's uh, you know production songwriting influence everybody's little flavors in there you know and it and it i I love that about the band where you, you don't feel like you're losing yourself you know like yeah, you push the boat out for sure creatively and like whoa man i'd never think i'd be standing up here playing a hip-hop track with a rapper like i never you know but you that's what you learn you know you can grow or you can you can be like oh no i'm not gonna do that i'm a blues player it's like no, no just trying to be open to it hey eh? 100 um, it's nice not to be kind of um or not to feel like you're um put into a box of what totally you can make and then being stuck in that because like everyone's just forever growing so it's not if you yeah. feel like making a country song who's to say yeah. you can't and so it's sometimes right. it's like horrible to feel like you're kind of stuck in that kind of reggae-ish genre and that's right able to branch out so that's also really that's nice right. and you get it lets artists like prince michael jackson david bowie even the beatles you know like it's it sounds like the Beatles, but they'll they'll play like out of it shit. Like some of their albums, man. You listen to that, it's like, is that that's the Beatles? Like yeah. you know? and then Bowie, man, he's just so next level. Like he's playing funk and then he's playing like psychedelic, like Hendrix influence shit. Like it's it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, that's and that's that that's that level of like creative just freedom, just like let's go, let's write something nuts, you know. Hundred percent. Um, and like in terms of influences, I also wanted to kind of touch on um, your culture and how that impacts kind of you guys and your music and what sort of influence that has on you guys. Because I know that you know um, the culture in New Zealand is very strong. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit too. For sure. Yeah, I'm the only white boy in the band, so it's quite hilarious. There's um, you got four Maori guys who just you know. They love um, everything from, uh, like I was talking about the metal stuff, but then, you know, one of the most beautiful things about the Maori culture is how they sing. And uh, that's one thing that, you know, I've learned through the last five years in particular is like just that kind of unity of being together. That's what Maori people are all about. They're all about community. They're all about each other. They look after each other. there's a massive sense of like belonging, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and it's just been beautiful to be a part of 
like be a part of the culture on a deeper level, being you know, involved with LAB. Um, you feel a, a massive sense of belonging and pride. And, and you, know, you, like you said, the culture is, it is strong. You watch the All Blacks and they do the haka before the, you know, that's what it's like. I mean, on, on Friday and Saturday night when we played, both times the crowd did a haka when we finished um, oh, and then that. they sung. You know, like it's, they're so proud of us. Um, obviously, we're proud of them too. Like, it's just like, it's so intense. Like, the, the pride that Kiwis have is just, it's next level. It, it, we're such a patriotic um, country, you know? Yeah, definitely. Which is awesome. Um, but yeah, the Maori culture is, is absolutely beautiful. It's like, yeah, it just this, the, the, the unity that they have as a, as a people is, is, um, is what's powerful. It's the most powerful thing I've ever, like spiritually speaking, it's the most powerful thing I've experienced. Yeah. Um, and every time we go on stage, we always have a karakia prayer, um, which is kind of calls in on the ancestors and people that aren't here. And, you know, and that's a massive, we do it every religiously, every, every show. Um, it's important that we do that kind of grounds us. And again, you wouldn't get that kind of, without that cultural influence in the band, you wouldn't get that, you know, like, so, um, yeah, it's a really special thing. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Have you guys ever considered putting out a song um, in Te Reo Māori? Yeah, like- Te Reo, yeah. We have thought about it um, and we probably will. Uh, it's just a timing thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the focus right now, but in time, yeah, we'll definitely. It would be cool to do one of our own songs that's or like something like in the air or why or why um and and do a tedeo version of that <clears throat> and the cool thing is in new zealand there's a uh they do a wire uh, album every year yeah yeah which is quite cool so yeah we'd, we'd love to be involved with something like that yeah that's sick yeah i was thinking i really i get around that 661 on the i think it's on the 2019 um oh yeah the don't forget your roots one yeah yeah so good. Um, and so what would you say is your favourite song that you guys have yep. released so far out of all the five albums? Or favourite song that you've released but also favourite song to play Ooh, separately? Man. Okay, I'll give you the my favourite song to uh, like for this tour at the moment, the one that's I think caught the audience off guard and caught me off guard a couple of times is No Roots, which is off. Shit. It's off the. Is it off the fifth album? Man, I'm losing track. It's off the fourth album, I think. No Roots. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Shame. That's the thing. It's all blurring into one, man. Um, yeah, it's off album. Yeah, album four. Um, and it's. It talks about. Um, it's a powerful layer. Again, it's like very much, it's not in Te Māori, but it's very much about the culture itself and how the connection to nature. It talks about the Totara tree, the Totara tree, sorry, um, which is a very powerful tree uh, in Aotearoa. And it, it talks about like, uh, they, I need one of the boys here to help me explain it properly, but um, don't quite quote me on this, but it's basically when they, when they talk about it, a totara tree falling basically means you know like a like a, a an elder an elderly say, say 
grandmother or your grandfather or your mum or dad, somebody strong in your an, your, in your ancestry or your, your family has fallen. It's like a totara tree has fallen. Right. So and it, um, uh, there's, there's like a power, you know, power in that. There's a, a you know a connection to 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 that and um, basically and yeah, the song kind of has a uh, talks about kind of war and stuff. It's, it's a yeah. Listen to the lyrics of it. It's it's quite a powerful message in No Roots, making sure you you know you don't yeah you try and connect to your Fano and your family mm. as much as you can. As soon as you lose that, then you you become lost as a person basically. Right. Uh, no roots, no culture. Um, no one can take that feeling from me. No roots, no roots, no culture. The power of the Totara tree. So, yeah, it's that's a powerful song to play. Um, yeah, for sure. And and you feel it, man. The crowd just they just with you when you're when you're singing that. Um, yeah, but it's basically about war as well. That song. Wow, yeah. that must yeah. I it's a very intense feeling when you have especially as an audience member kind of tapping into like an unexpected song that you don't really like listen to as often and really feeling that connection and that's like kudos to like you guys and your lyrics and the way that you present that song as well um those are very special moments in a live show i think yeah absolutely yeah we have that with controller as well like it's another powerful song with quite a deep meaning you know um that is a lot of people that connect to that lyric. Yeah, awesome. And then mm. um, and then your favourite song kind of outside of a live show? Uh, of LABs? Yeah. Um, the Watchman, which is off the mm. first album. Yeah, that's, a, again, about... Uh, <laughs> some of our lyrics are so dark. So someone said that the other day. They're like, "Man, some of your lyrics are dark." But then you got like in the air, which is like yeah. a young love story. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the Watchman is about the, the Grim Reaper, basically like death. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how it's like when it's your time to kind of you know move to the next level of life yeah. to the heavens or to hell or whatever. But um, yeah, the Watchman and man, it's fun to play live. It's kind of turns into this massive kind of ACDC jam at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's a fun song. Um, and so you've got Blues Fest coming up, obviously keen for that. Very much. Um, I mean, I remember 10 years ago when I used to look at the lineup of Blues Fest and be like, wow, what a festival. Look at that. Yeah. You know, people like just the, the level of, of, uh, of artists that were coming over from the States and stuff. I was just like, man. What a what a festival! So yeah, to, to be playing it is is an honor, and um, yeah, just stoked to be on the lineup and stoked to be you know first blues fest, but playing in you know playing quite a good time slot and a good stage. So yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. Sick. Are you guys gonna be around for like the majority of the weekend? Just I wish I wish we were. We we um we come down to uh, Brisbane. On, on the next day on Saturday morning and play Brisbane Saturday night. So we'll miss out on, on seeing some artists. I, I wouldn't mind going back on the Sunday if, if I get the chance because George Benson's playing. Um, Corey Henry, who's from Snarky Puppy, 
Mm. He's his own name now, but um, yeah, there's just some incredible artists playing that you know. Uh, so me, me and Mihaldo, who's the piano player, we might hire a car and just fucking yeah, right, only <laughs> an hour away. Yeah. I reckon you can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that'll be right. It's such a huge weekend as well. It's like, is it across five or four days? Yeah, I think it starts on Thursday. I think it starts tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Wednesday? Yeah, two days time. Yeah. Crazy. Um, well, I yeah. usually like to end um, the interview by asking your favourite gig memory or your most recent favourite um, that you've just really enjoyed and also your least favourite or a moment where it's kind of gone, everything's just gone a bit wrong um, and <laughs> you just want to kind of leave and go a bit MIA. Yeah, yeah. Um, man. The thing with the the thing with LAB is me and Charlie were talking about it last night. Charlie's our, our sound engineer on stage. He's our monitor engineer. He's been with us since the first gig that I did with LAB. Um, he's an absolute legend, and we were both just saying how like it just gets better and better. Mm. You know, like it's so hard to pick a good moment because honestly, like Melbourne was out the gate. The band played well. The crowd was just in the palm of our hands. It was like that was a moment that I'll never forget. But then I can say that about like most of our gigs, like Auckland. Um, okay, I'll give you one. So definitely Melbourne. Melbourne is like that's got to be in my top five LAB gigs of all time. Wow. No shit, man. It was just something else. It was spiritual. It was just like. Yeah, you could feel the power was just. Yeah, yeah, you know when you're when you're get when you're singing and you're getting emotional. Yeah. Trying to sing, it's just too much. You know, you, that's when you know you've strung a you know hit the string, strung a what do you call it? Strung a strung a note. But I uh, um yeah, it was just it was powerful. And then probably in New Zealand when we played in Auckland last, that was a really cool gig. Um, eighteen thousand people, our own show. Um. And again, it was like the year before that we did a similar thing coming out of the, the lockdown. But it wasn't quite – sorry, she's drinking sparkly water. Um, it wasn't quite um, as – you know, it was our first big show like that, so we had a lot of learnings from that show. But when we went back and did it again the following year, we knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, again, one of those go-down-in-history kind of moments for us. So um, – uh, and for worst gigs, thankfully I've only had a couple, um, but I'll give I'll give you the one where I had a bike accident. So basically, uh, two or three summers ago, I was on my Harley going for a ride two days before a show, and I got hit by a car, um, and I somersaulted over the handlebars and popped my shoulder out and got five stitches in my right arm. Oh my god! And the next day, we're playing. We were playing in front of Fat Freddy. We're playing Fat Freddy's Drop. We were touring with them, and uh, yeah, basically, like we had to have like an emergency rehearsal on the day. I got out of hospital uh, in time for the rehearsal, but uh, basically, the guy said, "Oh, look, you've you've dislocated your shoulder. We'll put it back in, and you're going to be in a sling for six weeks." Uh, and I said, "Oh man, I've got to play guitar tomorrow." And he goes, "Um." 
you're not playing guitar tomorrow. And I says, no, I have to play guitar tomorrow. And he goes, well, if you play guitar tomorrow, I'm not your doctor. And I was like, oh, my God. In other words, if anybody asks, yeah, you know, I, didn't, I didn't advise you kind of thing. So I ended up being able to play the show and I just had to like hold my arm like right here like this. I could only just get to the first fret and I had to sit down the whole gig. Oh my God, you actually played. That's so I actually nuts. played the gig. I was high on tramadol and Jesus. Uh, so but that wasn't a bad show. That was just a that was a, that was just a sweet moment. The show was incredible because everybody was like, he's doing the show. It's yeah. going to happen, you know, like, Hell yeah. and they were just losing it. And it was at, and it was in our hometown as well, which kind of helps. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I've had a show where I've lost my voice, which is yeah. being sick, you know, just real average shit. When you're touring, you kind of constantly uh, having to be wary of those kind of things because your, your body's just constantly running on adrenal. Um. So yeah, I've had we toured in 2016 with Catch a Fire, and I lost my voice on like the 17th show. We did 22 gigs Jeez. in 30 days, and I was fucked, man. I was just cooked, eh? Yeah. So, played four songs and just hopped off stage, went to bed. Oh my god, fuck! That's a I that's guess not, it's kind of it's yeah. a good learning curve though to kind of I feel like not not just generally in like touring life but just in general of like that go 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 concept um and yeah. like allowing yourself to just be like hang on the only way that i'm going to continue and be able to continue going is if i just like take a second Stop. and chill out yeah. yeah yeah it was definitely baptism by fire on that tour it was like my first international tour and it was just stacked we all did it two bands um with catch a fire um, and yeah, just traveled all around Australia. It was just, it was awesome. But at wow. the same time, yeah, it was hard work. Yeah, for sure. It always is, especially traveling. Yeah. Like it's just it takes a toll on you. Eventually you get a bit exhausted. Yeah. Hard. Well, so yeah, there you go. I gave you a very long answer. To all no, that was great. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure having a chat to you love lab and love your music so it's been great i know worries i've got to miss the show i know i know what the fuck no but it's gonna happen one day i'm putting it i'm putting it into um the universe thanks for having me no worries um usually do a cheers at the end of my episodes so we'll have a bit of a cheers it's it's not beer it's coffee today it's yeah i'm cheersing i'm cheersing with a cup of tea this is Throat coach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. <laughs> <laughs>